So tonight, as you can see, we've got six chairs up here. We're going to have all uh, six uh, pastor pastor team uh, up here in just a moment. But I'm going to intro it first before having them all up here. Um, yeah, let's see. We, uh, we all went on a retreat. Uh, we went on a retreat, not this weekend, last weekend, but the one before that. Uh, last weekend was the pretty amazing gathering here. Wasn't that fun last Saturday? It was so good. Uh, just a free time. If you weren't here, it was all night worship plus prophetic teams and healing teams and a whole bunch of other anointing teams. And it was just so good. So many, probably people from, I don't know, at least, at least a half a dozen churches, probably more, they were all involved. It was very fun. Uh, the weekend before that, though, the, the uh, pastors, the elders were on retreat. And uh, we had an amazing time together, and we decided we really wanted to come and, and share from our hearts with you tonight. So that's what we're planning to do. Each one take a little bit of time to do that. Um, but also, we were aware that... Um, Many of you, not all of you in this room, but many of you were there for our, our connection, family connection gathering when, a couple months ago when we shared that because of finances, because of the way things were, that um, we weren't going to be able to um, cover all the salaries as we had in the past. And therefore, different pastors are, are in the search right now for different jobs, you know, for financial, uh, to meet financial obligations they have in their lives. And... Um, so, you know, that anytime there's a change, you know, and even now, like the ner- room gets a little bit more nervous because I can feel it. And, uh, you know, people want to know, are you guys okay? You know, what's going to happen? And um, we realized when we were on our retreat that all of us process, us meaning the six of us, we process all the time because we spend a whole lot of time together. And we're doing really well. Like our, our hearts are really connected in with the Lord. They're really connected in with each other. But if you don't hear us saying that, you don't know that. You wonder. So we thought, let's just tell you, you know, this is what's going on. And I'm sure you all know, whenever there's a, a in your life, in our lives too, whenever there's a financial shift like that, it really does cause you to go back to um, your trust level in the Lord. Like where, you know, who am I trusting in? And um, so it's actually been really good and healthy. You know, the Lord uses all kinds of different seasons in our life to keep drawing us in deeper. And, um, but the one thing I can tell you is that our hearts are very connected. And I just want to share one story before I call the team up and we share with you. Um, but when, I was at, uh, when we were at the retreat, um, I, was, I was singing worship one night and I began to sing a certain song. Um, most of you would know this, but the, the bridge at the end says, When I thought I lost me, you know where I left me. You re- reintroduced me to your love. Remember that song? Um, and as I was singing it, I just start, I get overwhelmed, and I start crying. And I realized that I was crying for a lot of different reasons, of course, because of the faithfulness of God. But I was also crying because I was remembering the first time I heard that song, which I don't know when exactly that was, but a year ago or something, sitting right here, and I'm on the floor, and Todd's leading worship here, and I'm just sobbing, you know, because it was just hitting me in my heart where I needed it. And so while I was Two weekends ago, while I was worshiping that song and now suddenly overcome with just with tears, I realized it wasn't only the faithfulness of God that I was crying about, but it was how knitted our hearts have been. Our, our, our hearts meaning all of our hearts and also um, specifically the elder team. We've been together 10, 
years of just about going on, you know, getting close to that. And we've known each other years before that. So we've been on this journey a long, long time together. And it just like it all came to me right then in a deeper way, how interconnected, how much we have sown into each other's lives, been there for each other, even in times we don't even realize it. And so, so I, just, I just wanted to use that as an example of just how connected our hearts really are. And um, so we have behind me the, the mission statement to our mission to encounter God's transforming presence, enjoy kingdom life as his family, and then equip world changers. And that mission is still the same. Uh, that hasn't changed, but we're also realizing he's taken us so much further, so much deeper, or maybe even maybe given us new ways of understanding something he told us before. So we just want to unpack more of, of things that we feel like we're alive for, that God is doing, that we feel like we as a, a church body are alive for. So I'm going to ask at this time if um, the pastor team would come on up. We do, we do feel very honored by you, and we honor you. We really do. It goes both ways. Um, so what we're going to do is, um, as each person uh, shares for a little bit, um, I do have, I'm going to have up on the screen their, you know, their name, just in case you're new and you don't know who they are, um, but also just like a one-liner of, of kind of the, a theme of something they're going to talk about, but they may talk about other things as well. And... Um, yeah, we'll see where God takes us. So, Holy Spirit, we invite you to, um, to touch our hearts and to speak to our hearts and to bring truth into our hearts. Every single one of us, um, we need you and we want you. And so we thank you, God. We thank you for this journey we've been on that's been so good. And would you, would you, for each one of us up here tonight as we're sharing, would you share, remind us of things that are on our hearts, the things that don't need to be said, let them just be washed away. Let, let, we'll just forget those things. We'll just remember the things that you want, us, you want to speak tonight. And for each one of us, touch our hearts. Do something deep in our hearts tonight. Amen. So we're going to start with Suzanne. Oh, it's good to be with you guys. Um, turn the light on on this side because I love seeing your beautiful faces. Thank you. I know from the back. Yeah. Hi, guys. Hi, hi, hi. It's good to see you. So good to see you. Um, Yeah, we, uh, you guys, this is an amazing team to to walk with. Yeah, when Brent said that uh, he he was overcome at that point, it um, that is my sentiment also. These guys are amazing, and uh, a lot of our leadership and a lot of you who've walked with us on this journey the last I don't know what eighteen years now. Blazing Fire is going on eighteen years, but even before then, um, gosh, we'll be in this valley thirty years now. Yeah, it's like the Bainers and the Carrions, I think, were there even before the beginning. (laughs) And this has been a journey for sure. 
And so, yeah, when we made that announcement back in um, October, uh, well, we knew in October and in December we told, we talked to everybody um, just how things have to change. Things are changing. And, um, and so, well, you know, we grow. We, we move through that. But in that, there was part of me that was going, okay, Lord, but wait a minute. We fulfilled our vision. We did this. We've, we've lived up to our mission statement, you know, um, the encountering and experiencing God's transforming presence, experiencing and enjoying kingdom life together as a family, and then equipping world changers. We've done that. You know, it's, it's so like I found myself asking, well, Lord, well, wait, we, we've done that. We've done that. And it feels good. And there's so many of you here who have this victorious testimony of living out these, the, your, your last years of your walk. You have a victorious testimony of this. So I'm, I'm like, Lord, it's all good. So what's going on? You know, why this? What, what are we transforming into then? And, um, and I found myself just, you know, some of you know me, and I just all, all of a sudden just go off on a tangent or something and wonder, okay, Lord, so if we fulfilled our vision, what does that mean? You know, what does it mean to fulfill a vision? Well, he told me there's more. That's not the end. This is by no means the end. It is the beginning of the new. It's the beginning of where you are now in your journey. Some of you have been with us 10 years and longer, and we have gotten stronger in learning how to communicate, how to be courageous in um, connection, how to... um, you know, deal with things in our own hearts. You've gone that journey. We've gone that journey together. And what I found myself thinking about was, okay, then to what end? And if we fulfilled our vision, what's next? And it's, I mean, it may, may, it may be, you know, this may come as, well, duh, you know, that the next step is, the land of promise, where we get to live in a place where because of our healed hearts, our healed spirits, our, um, our just, just our trust and belief in the Lord and where he's taking us, we are going to live, going to take that, we're going to take that us, I, um, Joel alluded to us, the new version of ourselves, we're going to take that into the promised land. We're going to take all that we've learned, all our collective uh, victories, and move and live in the promised land, a place where the Lord said he is going to provide. He is going to be there. He is going to take care of us. We are going to see his kingdom. And so... In that, so as I was pondering that even more, um, just this last week, um, the Lord woke me up a couple of times um, at 6.16. I don't know why. I don't know. And I don't know any verse that has to do with 6.16, so I'm like, okay, Lord, well, what? 
what is that? And, um, and Brent helped me look some things up. And um, Deuteronomy 6.16, in effect, was, um, don't make the Lord prove that he's going to be with you. <laughs> like, oh, okay, no! You know, I mean, they, were, they got out of Egypt. They got out of, you know, the Israelites got out of Egypt. And they're wandering around. And they're like, is the Lord even with us? And he's giving them food and water and his presence, you know, fire by night and cloud by day. And they're still saying, is he here? <laughs> like, oh, okay, Lord. Okay, I, will. I don't want to do that. Don't want to do that. So... So um, I didn't take that as a, a chastisement in any way. It's like, he's like, honey, I'm going to be there. I am here. I have been here this whole time. I am taking you, all y'all, with me. But I'm taking the all y'all that is healed, that is strong, that is powerful, that's going to walk in authority and joy and life and hope in this promised land. That's who's going in there. We have been learning how to do this together, and we will continue to encourage each other to move forward in that way. This year, um, like Brent mentioned a couple weeks ago or something, it's a year of intimacy and authority. And because of our intimacy with the Lord... And your heart that has gone deep with him, your faith that has gone deep with him, your strength, your authority is that much stronger and authoritative in him. We got to know that. You've got to know that as we go into this new place. So um, what the, I just want to close with, um, Doug Addison had a word and he, his word was, Jeremiah 6.16, and in it, he was saying to um, ask for the ancient paths and to go through the narrow gate, and in his extrapolation of that is that we can't take anything else with us. This this, um, transition, this this move into a a land of promise is a... um, You can't take all your baggage with you. You're going to walk light and free and powerful into this next season. Yeah, right? Right? Oh, my gosh, yes. So we just need to remember that. Yeah, I know. I've said said maybe to some of you, confessed, you know, that I've been going kicking and screaming this last year. But no more. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to be... The person that I know that these, these here, you here, have helped me to be the stronger and more <clears throat> courageous woman of God, you know, man of God, men of God, that we're created to be. So it's a good, it's a good journey to be on. We don't know what's next because it's new. Okay, something's new, it's new. New means have, haven't been there, haven't done this, don't know how to do this. But we're going to learn together, but from a place of our strength. Okay? Sweet.
Well said, Suzanne. Oh, my. That's a hard act to follow. <laughs> Let's see. That's me. Holy Spirit. That was what I'm going to be talking about tonight. And we were, Joel was talking about Holy Spirit earlier, and um, we realized how important everything she just talked about, we are utterly dependent on Holy Spirit for. And, and I think we're feeling like going into this next season Maybe more than ever before. Holy Spirit's wonderful. We get goosebumps. It feels good. But it, that, that thing she said about intimacy and authority. The only reason the first century church could do the incredible stuff they did is they were utterly dependent on Holy Spirit. It wasn't just, you know, programs and lots of teaching and going to seminary. They didn't do any of that stuff. They were with each other, they were bonded to each other, and they waited until they had Holy Spirit, and then they did it with Holy Spirit, and not out of their own strength. Um, I was struck as I was kind of pondering about, okay, Holy Spirit, Jesus, what, what do you want, what is this all about? Um, that in John, Jesus talked a lot about Holy Spirit when he was preparing his disciples for the fact that he was about to leave them. And they were not very happy about that at all. They were very perplexed. It was all very confusing to them. Um, things weren't going to turn out like they were expecting. But Jesus said, was telling them, you know what, you guys, things are actually going to be better because I'm leaving. And I'm sure that made no sense. He said in... Um, In John 16, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you because we so need him. Because he comes and he manifests Jesus in our midst. And he's that ever-present being with us no matter what. That flow of that river of life we were talking about earlier, that's him. That's him flowing through us. You are the vessel he flows through from heaven. That's what happened when Jesus, hey, when Jesus came, <laughs> he like parted the way for Holy Spirit to follow and infill every one of you, every single one of you. That same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead indwells each and every one of us. Isn't that crazy? I mean, that's crazy. It's true. It's crazy. You have resurrection power resident within you. We all do. Whether you could feel it in the moment or not, he's right there. He so loves you, and he's so for you, and he's so invested in your success. He's so invested in you becoming the fullness of who you are in Jesus Christ. Um, and, and Jesus said this, too, in, in John. I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him. And he's a helper. He's a counselor. He empowers us. He strengthens us. He inspires us. Um, even Jesus needed Holy Spirit, don't you know? Jesus needed Holy Spirit while he was walking on this earth to do the things he did. In Hebrews 12, it talks about 
Uh, you know, the Holy Spirit gave him joy. It was the joy set before Jesus that allowed him to do what he did. If he did not, if he wasn't filled with joy, you know. But he was looking through the cross into what that cross represented and what it was going to accomplish by the power of the Holy Spirit. When we face hard things, we have to have Holy Spirit with us, giving us heavenly perspective. And that's what he does. He empowers us because he helps us know we're not doing this with the resources that we can see with our eyes and understand with our, mind, with our minds. We are doing this empowered by everything that heaven, heaven is the one who is resourcing us through Holy Spirit. And something that I'm sure many of us are, are wanting more of, power, things like power, things like confidence, things like they saw in that first century church, we're believing there is more of that coming for all of us. And the more we believe it, the more we just start learning to tag team with Jesus and allowing him to just flow through us and remembering, oh yeah, it's not about me. It's about us together doing this thing. We're going to see him flowing through us more and more and more. In Acts 4, 31 this is, uh, of course, in Acts where they had, in, they had waited and they had prayed for Holy Spirit to come. This is what happened when, uh, at one point when Holy Spirit came. The, the earth shook beneath them and caused the building they were in to tremble. Each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit and they proclaimed the word of God with unrestrained boldness. Boldness came upon them. How? Oh boldness and confidence we pray for that boldness that we would proclaim the word of god and your your acts of power with boldness jesus unafraid of what people think because we're we know holy spirit is so for us who could be against us right um just earlier this week um a young lady came in to see me in the office and um and she was she just moved here from the back east, and she had a new job, a new place to live, you know, making new friends. So everything was new, and she hurt her back at work. So she was a little freaked out and scared, and it was really hurting badly. And um, I, I don't think she's a Christian, but I, you know, so we went over the usual things you kind of go over. The this is what you do to take care of your back, etc. And it was like, are you a spiritual person? And as just I asked the question, Spirit, Holy Spirit's right there. He was just like right there. And she's like, she kind of smiled. And you could just see something lifted off of her. And then she said, yeah, I'd like you to pray for me. And we prayed. And the Spirit just came. And the, the pain started to leave. But more than that, she's like, I just feel so good now. Could you see all that fear? And it was just Spirit. You know, he visits anybody, Christian or non. He's just going to be right there. Just right there, ever-present. Just a thought away, really. He's right there with us. And I just want to, with one, um, release one more scripture, sort of as a benediction I get, one of my favorite scriptures. Romans fifteen thirteen. Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you oh, to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace whoa, as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit 
continually surround your life with his super abundance until you radiate with hope. And and just want to add one more thing, and that that fountain of joy that comes from Holy Spirit would start becoming ours. Just joy that's completely independent of circumstances. It's so easy to get caught up in what's happening out there. I know I do sometimes, you know, and having a bad day or whatever, but when we start getting filled and flooded with the Holy Spirit, with his joy, you start going, no, he is for me. He's with me. I just remember that first time I got the kind of holy laughter thing. It was just like from the inside out going, He really likes me. It doesn't matter so much what's happening out there when you know he really likes you and he's really for you. So I am praying for each and every one of us. God, we need joy. We need our strength to be joy, God. We ask you to break off of us any way we've been stuck on circumstances, stuck on what isn't happening in in our lives or what is happening in our lives. And would you, whoa, would you re-anchor us into your, the joy that comes only from you, Jesus, that that would flood us and fill us day by day, waking up, knowing you're for us and with us, going to bed knowing it, Jesus, no matter what. God, would you do that for each and every one this year, Jesus, in your name. You feel that? <laughs> Take a little Holy Spirit break here. <laughs> we love you, Holy Spirit, so much. We love you. We need you, and we want you. We give you permission to be yourself. <laughs> and Holy Spirit, once again, we roll out the red carpet for you. You have a, a forever invitation. <laughs> yeah. We need what you bring. We need who you are more than we know. We need the refreshing. Wow. We need the truth. so good you're so good you're so good oh my goodness we're we're gonna get we want to give so much room we talked a lot about this at our elder retreat we it's funny because it's a theme that comes up often but it sure came up again we want holy spirit to have so much freedom to be himself because when he does good things happen really good things happen really good things so um, we're going we're gonna to be actually working our way through the book of Acts over the next, I don't know, however many months. Um, never, been, never actually worked through a book of the Bible at Blazing Fire. 
We go to the Bible all the time. I'm saying we never worked through a book, you know, one book. But we just felt, we felt the Lord drawing us and saying, you want to really know what it's like to have a church that's empowered by Holy Spirit? How about, how about you go there and just really look? So, um, <laughs> so, so we're going to do that. And um, now some of you, if you're wondering, if you're wondering, oh, does that mean that we aren't going to hear about Jesus anymore? I have some great news for you. <laughs> Holy Spirit can't stop talking about Jesus. And Jesus can't stop talking about the Father and about the Holy Spirit. And it just, it's this beautiful triangle of love. And so don't worry. You'll get lots. You've got a really good diet. But I'm just saying, we're going to talk a lot about Holy Spirit. And, um, and, and give him lots of access. And so, even... I'm, I'm, we're going to... Let's see. In, I think it's in two weeks, or is it next week, Russ, where you're preaching? Next week? Next week, next week Russ is going to preach like an introduction to Acts. And he's going to look in Luke and John and a couple other places. Um, then, we, then anyway... We're going, to start, we're going to start going there more and more. And um, I'm telling you that for a reason, but golly, I can't remember right now because <laughs> it feels really good. <laughs> uh, this would be a really good opportunity, by the way, to say that at various times over the coming months, you're going to hear, we want to hear from many of you different testimonies Wow, of how Holy Spirit became super real to you. Because there's a process we all go in finding him and, and discovering the truth of Holy Spirit. And so you, we want to hear more and more testimonies. And also, the more, here's, here's some other things that are going to happen. You'll see when we read the book of Acts, when Holy Spirit really shows up, sometimes some really unusual things happen. I'm, I'm, give, I'm telling you that as a precursor because if you don't know that, you're like, what? If you're really not, if you're really not, if this is all new to you, you're like, what is wrong with these people? And you could say like they did about the early disciples, are they drunk? Um, and the answer is yes, but not with what you think. So we're going to talk about all this. We're going to go there. Um, that has nothing to do with what I was supposed to say. <laughs> That was, that was tag-teaming on, on Susan. But I do want to say that if, we, if you've been around the kingdom for a while, you know there are certain seasons where it just seems like his Holy Spirit's presence starts to elevate again. And there's a, and there's a bigger hunger and all that. But for me, the last really big time of that was, was late 90s into the mid-2000s. Mid two, you know, the first decade of the 2000s. Now, you, that, that's a long time ago, and I, it's not like I haven't felt and experienced Holy Spirit and great things since then. I've experienced all kinds of amazing things. I'm talking about a wave where, where there's just so many hungry people, and God just shows up in dramatic ways, and the whole place just kind of gets swept up in it, and miracles increase, and all that stuff. And, and I feel like that was, for me, wow, that was kind of the last time that was, there was this huge wave like that. And then there's been somewhat of, I would just call it a lull. Not that God's not active. He's always active. Spirit's always moving. And in individual lives, sometimes in very dramatic ways. 
Um, but I'm just telling you, but since that last, that would be the last 10 to 15 years, um, what has happened is, is, is that we've been faithful. We continue to go after Jesus and continue to love him, and we continue to make a difference in this world. And then suddenly, kind of like on the day of Pentecost, because we pray and pray and pray, and all of a sudden, here comes another move, another another huge wave. And I, and I want to tell you, we are absolutely, that wave is cresting right now. Because I've been through this before, and I'm not saying I'm not saying it's exactly the same as the last wave. That's always a danger because then you start saying, "Well, this isn't it," because it isn't like we experienced last time. There's similarities always, and there's always some new things. And I believe even even in past moves of God, we've learned things. Back in the '70s, when when God's Spirit moved mightily, wow! There in the um, Jesus movement. It was awesome, but what we learned back then is that there wasn't moms and dads. We weren't ready to, to parent the, the hippies and the young ones coming in. We tried to make them conform instead of just parenting them into who they were in Christ. We've learned from that. That's different. We have so many moms and dads now. We do in the spirit. A whole bunch of y'all out there. Wow. And even in the, even in the 90s, 2000s, it, a lot of it polarized around a couple of major spots. And, um, and, ow, and now it's, it's, it's going to be all over the place. And it's not going to be centralized as in come in here to find it. But God is going to be, is going to be uh, sending us out more than ever, more than ever, constantly. It's just going to be this flow. Um, and it's going to be with a, a bunch of uh, the body of Christ together, coming together. And I'm watching it. And there's, there's things I've seen from, wow, pastors in this region even in this Tri-Valley, ways in which we are, our hearts are being knit together that, that was, is so different from even five years ago, even three years ago. We're at a, such a different place to be able to hold a move of God now. So he's been preparing us, and that's what Suzanne said. He's preparing our hearts for this because we're going to walk into this together. Um, I really am kind of getting to what I was supposed to say, which is as um, I've been going a lot back to... Uh, words that he spoke to me and and almost 30 years ago the lord spoke a very clear word my spirit is going to sweep through this valley and this region and and he said that because he's going to do it and I, and we've seen moves of god but i'm i know what he was speaking was much bigger than what i've seen so far and i know he's going to do it yeah. i do another thing that he told me this was probably almost almost 20 years ago a little less than 20 years ago he said, I don't want you to build a church. I want you to build my kingdom. Now, I thought I knew what that meant. And I, you know how we kind of understand things at different levels, right? But suddenly I'm understanding at a whole different level as we've been talking about the ecclesia and how, and how um, he's not wanting us to try to build an institution. He's wanting us to empower his people to be who they are. And, and, and we're all getting this. I want to... I want to, um, I, this is last, just two days ago, I got so deeply touched with um, a new understanding from uh, Matthew 5, 43 and 45. This is just going to be, uh, this is my time right now empowering you as the ecclesia, okay? That's what we're doing right now. I'm going to empower you. I'm going to equip you right now as, as Holy Spirit just did for me. And the, the scripture says, says, You've heard, this is Jesus talking. He says, you've heard, it, you've heard the saying, you must love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you to love your enemies and pray for those who put curses on you. 
then you will really be the children of your Father in the heavenly places. Now, I've read that scripture umpteen times. I've probably preached on it before. I'm just going to read what I wrote because it, it so gripped me that day. And, and I'll probably expound just for a minute, and then I'm going to pray it over you. Something really big shifted in my understanding. We've been on the, de- on the defense as a church. We've been on the defense, focusing on defending ourselves from blow after blow. I don't know if, I don't know if you, this is going to relate, uh, you know, relate to you, but, but not only do we have an enemy, but, but there are actually people who in different ways curse us, sometimes very knowingly. Sometimes they're actually partnering with the enemy. We don't like to think about those things, but it's true. And, and, uh, and I feel like, wow, we have been, up till now, we have been trying to defend every blow. I break that curse, I break that curse, I break that curse, which is good. We, have, we need to use that authority. But we've missed, we've missed the point of being the ecclesia. Wow. Uh, we've been on the defense. We've been focusing on defending ourselves from blow after blow. But Jesus said we are his ecclesia and... The gates of hell will not prevail, meaning we are on the offensive with love and blessing and light. Yes, people have cursed us by making agreements with darkness to encroach upon us. Do you see? They're trying to make agreements for darkness to encroach upon us. But instead of, so instead of stopping at breaking curses, we must bless those who curse us which is, goes further than we think. Just This is the prayer I wrote that day. Father, bring those who curse us into the light. Let light penetrate every place of darkness. Let them experience the freedom that Jesus brings. Holy Spirit, surround them with your presence. These are the ones that you love, Father. Set them free. See, we are the ones to agree with heaven, and heaven will respond. We are on the offensive with love and grace and mercy and power to heal and to set free. Wow. As I was praying this, something in me shifted. It's not that I have never prayed prayers to bless those who have cursed me. Something shifted. To see that we have all the power, we have all the light, we have all the authority, and we're not using it. And Jesus says it's time to use it. It is time to use it. it the, the Father loves every single one that's trapped in darkness. And so rather than them, those bad people out there, he's saying, no, bless them, pour light into them. So, Father, that's what we're doing right now. Father, thank you that we do. We are, every single one in this room, we are blessed by you. Whoa, we are, we are covered in the protection of the blood of Jesus. And so thank you, God, that you've given us authority to break every curse. And, Father, right now, we pray blessings upon those who have cursed us. Father, we bless them. Father, and if you can think of people that you know, I'm saying direct these prayers right to them. Father, we declare light into their hearts. Father, any place where they have agreed with darkness, we are declaring light, light, light of your spirit right into them. Wow. And we are declaring that you set them free. Jesus, we declare freedom over them. Break the chains off of them. Break the chains off of them. Holy Spirit, go get them. Holy Spirit, go get them. Holy Spirit, go get them. Surround them with love. Surround them. 
with the reality of the kingdom and the light and the love of Jesus. Thank you, God. So, Lord, we are agreeing that we have authority now. You've given us authority, but you've been getting our hearts ready for such a time as this for a long time because we're going to respond differently than we did before. We're not going to respond in fear. We're not going to respond with hate. We're going to know who we are, and we're going to know the authority we carry with love, with grace, with mercy, and with power in Jesus' name. Amen. I might sit here for a minute. That was so good. Um, yeah, so everything that was said oh, was so, so good. Um, we can't go there without intimacy, and it's, it's so vital that we stay in that place of really knowing him and allowing ourselves to be known. So Suzanne started out talking about the promised land, and that's where we're going. And so Song of Solomon 8 says, who is this coming up from the wilderness leaning on her beloved? Leaning on her beloved, not her master, not her Lord, but her beloved one. And that choice of language is so, so important because to get to the promised land, to get through the wilderness, we need intimacy with Jesus. It's what it's all about. That's what it's always been all about. Okay, I'll stand up. <laughs> i got to move a little bit. Um, yeah. I don't know who said this, but I love this. God doesn't want to be studied. He wants to be known. And it's so true, you know, in our, with our logic and, and wanting to figure things out so much of the time. We, we study the Bible, which is a good thing. But in the end, it's all about knowing him. He wants us to know him. Knowing who he is takes precedence over all of our demand for answers, you know, when we want to have everything figured out and we have this, like, we have to know, we have a demand. But knowing him takes precedence over all of that because ultimately we know he's good. And so whatever happens, whatever comes our way, we know, Jesus, you're good. God, you are good. Holy Spirit, you're good. And this joy that we are experiencing, I just thank you, Susan, for what you brought us into. I so agree. Joy is not circumstantial. I'm, it's not an easy time for, for me right now. And um, other times in my life when I look back where I really experienced real joy was during some of the most difficult, painful times. So if you're sitting in here and you're feeling like, oh, nice for all of you that are laughing. You know, my life sucks right now. Things are really hard and crappy. Um, you know what? Joy is an inner work of the Holy Spirit. It is, it's far surpasses our circumstance, I'm telling you, far surpasses our pain. And it's not really even all about laughing, and that that's part's fun, but it is a knowing deep, deep on the inside that Jesus is with us and that he has authority over all things. So I want to encourage you with that. We complicate things so much, but... Diane's like, yep. It's simply about knowing him and being known by him. And that is what it's all about. That is the ultimate goal, being known. That is huge. That's what we're all longing for. That's intimacy with him. That's what Jesus came for. That we would never, ever experience separation from him again. I remember I got saved when I was 18, and when I, when I realized, wow, Jesus, what you did for me on the cross, I don't ever have to experience that ever again. I was so longing for hope, 
longing for him to fill that place and, and knowing that, that he came so we could have union with him. We are one with him. That is intimacy with God. And nothing, our circumstances, nothing can ever take that away. That is so huge. That's why we worship. I get so, I love worship. I, I love worship, but I feel it, it's so not circumstantial to experience him and that oneness is, is everything to me. We can only experience real intimacy with him when we lay our weapons down, when we lay down those, those ways we try to protect ourselves in self-sufficiency, and I'm, I can be really good at that. Um, lately, you know, when things have been hard, I, I find myself going a little numb. You know how we, we all have ways that we kind of have to protect when things are hard, and so... I, I hate that feeling, and I recognize it. You know, the more you become more self-aware and notice when you're protecting yourself, it's it's really good because then you can go to Jesus and invite him in. But I I live for intimacy with God, so when I feel that I'm shutting him out and I'm not connecting with him, it, I feel like okay, this is this is a really bad place. So, but being aware of that, and and so it takes trust. And it takes surrender. And those are really difficult things for a lot of us when life it feels, feels hard. And to give up everything when we want to fight and we want, we want our weapons. We want to protect ourselves. But Jesus is saying, if you really want true intimacy with me, I, I want you to lay those things down. And I'm going um, to cover you. I want to connect with your heart. And it's so, so worth it. Yeah. So worth it. So sometimes I find myself kind of running ahead and doing things in my own strength. And I realize that um, my past disappointments are kind of taking the driver's seat and taking over because it's scary to have needs and to admit those to God. And so allowing him to, um, to soften my heart and tenderize. Todd's always praying this, soften my heart, tenderize my heart, God. It's, it's such a good prayer every day because his, we have to do that every morning. You know, reset, restart every morning because life, things come at us even while we're sleeping. But continually praying, Jesus, soften, tenderize my heart. It's so good. So good. Apart from him, we can do nothing. We can't do anything without him. And I don't want to. I don't know about you, but I don't want to do anything apart from you, Jesus. I want you in all of this and, and seeing your kingdom built on the earth and all the things you've called us to, God. I don't want to do anything apart from you. So, so true. I don't want to go where he's not. And, and that is where intimacy comes in and really, truly hearing his voice and allowing his voice to lead you. And for some of you may feel like, I don't even know what that sounds like, what that looks like in my life. Um, keep practicing. You know, when, when Todd leads worship, and he's, he leads worship at home a lot, and he goes to such an intimate, deep place, but that's not something he can pray for other people or impart, because that's time with him. Those are hours and hours spent with him, and, you know, I, I benefit from my daughter, Sierra, worshiping at home, and Todd, and so I just get to, you know, soak in all that, but that is, you know, I can soak in that, but it's for each one of us, those are that's your history with God that you um, so you get to develop that you get to build that with Him and it's other people you see that in other people how they have that intimacy but each one of us can have that 
but it's it's spending time with him. It's allowing yourself to be soft and allowing um, all the all your protective mechanisms to kind of fall to the wayside for a while, and so you can really connect with his heart and sit at his feet and listen to him. That is my favorite place to be is to just sit at sit with him. A lot of times, you know, when I'm praying about God, what do you want to do? And all these, I know he has so much for all of us, but, and I have all these things I want to say to him, but when I get with him, I just want to sit at his feet. I want to lean back into his chest and drink from that cup in his hand and say, what do you have to say, Jesus? What's your heartbeat saying? And that is the only way we're going to get anywhere in this life and where he's called each of you to, each of all of us to. It can be uncomfortable. Um, Intimacy, a lot of people, I've been this way, you're uncomfortable with yourself. And so being alone with him is not a fun place to be. But that um, he so wants to love you in that place, and we feel like we have to get all cleaned up before we spend time with him. But he says, I want to spend time with you in your mess. He wants to be with us in every aspect of our life, not when we have it all together and we're in worship and things are going great. Intimacy is, is sitting with him in our mess, and that's where Jesus meets you. That's how you know the full nature of who he is because you've been with him in your highs and your mountaintops and in the valleys, and, and it's such a good place. So let me go ahead and pray so these guys have times to talk, have time to talk too. So... Um, Yeah, go ahead and just close your eyes real quick. I'm going to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, gosh. How close do you want him? How close do you want to be to Jesus? Any place where you feel distance right now or you feel that separation, Jesus, we surrender that to you, and we tell you we want you up close and personal. Thank you, Father. That's what it's all about. That's all we want, Jesus. We want you up close and personal. We want you in all of it. So if you can go ahead and look into his eyes. If you don't see his eyes, just sense. maybe you sense that he's close. Thank you, Father. Thank you that in your eyes are all the answers we've been searching for. Our history with you, our present and eternity, all in your eyes. We don't have to have the answers. Sometimes that silence is loud and clear because it says everything. It says so much more than a million words, that gaze. So we invite you and we know we we can't go to these places without truly hearing your voice in that intimate place. Show us what it looks like to know you, to be known by you, Jesus. And give us courage to go there. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody say, Selah. <laughs> Some took me literally just said law, but that's okay. <laughs> All right, Todd. And So what am I doing? Oh, okay. <laughs> it, it, it's sometimes hard just to move on after you just get 
get deep somewhere. So I'm so glad, like after worship here on uh, Saturday nights, we often linger, don't we? Uh, and, and we ask someone to help us in the, in the transition, like, like Bill or Joel or someone else or, or Karina, just to kind of help us not just kind of shift into just functional mode, but, but stay with, with Jesus, stay in the Spirit. So grateful for that. So I'm, I have really two passions. Mostly it's been a passion for inner healing. Um, but it's more and more I'm feeling a passion to, to, for, for societal transformation. And they're really tied together, aren't they? My, kind of my life chapter is Isaiah 61. And I had a shock. I looked up my Bible gateway for Isaiah 61, and it said it couldn't be found. What happened to Isaiah 61? It's got to be here somewhere. Sometimes it's better just having a nice, old-fashioned print Bible, huh? Okay, well, what happened was it was on the the Passion Translation, and the Passion Translation does not have Isaiah 61. Okay, so it's still in the Bible. Everything's good. Isaiah 61, I won't read the whole thing, but Jesus read part of it, didn't he? In his, kind of his inaugural address. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. So it goes back to the Holy Spirit, doesn't it? The Spirit of the Lord God, the Spirit of Jehovah God is upon me because he has anointed me, which is Jesus, and now Jesus is in us, to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, to comfort all who mourn, to comfort those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Yeah. And that's, to me, that's partly inner healing and that's partly just doing life with Jesus every day, right? And Jesus is doing that by the Holy Spirit in each of us. But why? What's, what, as, as Suzanne often asks us, so what is this unto? <laughs> well, first of all, it's because he loves us. As Paul Young, William Paul Young says, Jesus doesn't set us free to use us. He sets us free to play, <laughs> to, be, to love and be loved. So it's not all for some functional purpose. But it is to, unto something uh, even, even bigger, which is, I believe, societal transformation. And it says in Isaiah 61, as we go on a little further, that they will be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Whoa, do you feel that? that's That's where Holy Spirit is also taking us. Can you feel his heart about that? Yeah. Part of it is the desolation of our own generations, where God's bringing generational healing and blessing to, to our generations and the generations to come. So that he's doing that personally, and he's also wanting to do that for our society, to bring just the kind of justice that, that brings restoration to where love has been damaged, where, where the values of love have been... Have been um, Harmed. That's the kind of justice he wants to bring. 
And he wants to bring it in all the areas of society. To, to our workplace, to maybe the schools your kids go to, to the neighbor across the street, to, uh, to the mayor of our city. I know there's been efforts by, by Brent and others to actually reach out to, to mayors and local officials, which I think is really, really God's heart. And I've been rereading a book by Sean Boltz. Anyone know Sean Boltz? Yeah, yeah, Sean. He wrote this book years ago called The Keys to Heaven's Economy. And he had this visitation, several visitations by this angelic being, this high-level angelic being who was called the Minister of Finance. And the Minister of Finance's job is to make sure that Jesus receives his full reward, everything that belongs to him, that he'll receive everything that belongs to him. <clears throat> As the minister of finance was talking with me, this was Sean, he began to explain that for Jesus to inherit the world in one generation, which is what Sean believes he was telling him, people are going to be sent with kingdom purpose into every aspect and culture of the earth. God's plan is to use people in business, the internet, multimedia, entertainment, politics, politics, education, Medical fields, environment, science, music, and the military. And these lowly ones, in other words, these humble ones, you and me, who carry the purpose of God will infiltrate virtually every type of human activity. God is going to use the foolish things, humble men and women of this world who have great equity with God's heart, with Jesus' heart in heaven, to displace and nullify those things that are in the established order of the world system. God is inviting us to pay such an awesome price, in other words, to, to, to trust him and follow him and, and uh, face what comes, so that he can place us in the very center of the world and inherit all that belongs to him. Throughout history, God has raised up many unlikely individuals to accomplish his work. He has not changed his ways today. So what what Sean is trying to encourage all of us and what God's trying to encourage us is is, uh, stop stop believing that just because you're a quote-unquote nobody that God can't use you. It's actually eminently qualifying you. He's not looking for those already in authority. He does not need man to approve his choices. (laughs) so it's all y'all it's all of us and part of it is getting his heart for the things he 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 has for you to participate in and as as an ecclesia here at blazing fire we want to hear your stories your testimonies even the even the testimonies in the making so we can pray with you and declare with you, right? So sometimes we think we don't have a testimony until, until we have the end of the story. But why not, why not invite each other into the middle of, our, of a story and, and, and agree with each other for God's, for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven? So 
We want 2019 and probably after that even <laughs> uh, to, be, to be a year where, where we are the sent ones, each of us, to, to, uh, to the fields that God calls us to with a sense of adventure and excitement and maybe even a little bit of fear and trepidation. <laughs> You know, it's not really a real adventure and there's, unless there's some fear and trepidation involved, right? <laughs> that does not disqualify that from being a good adventure. So in order for there to be a little time for, for the rest, that's all I have to say about that. Come Holy Spirit. It's so scary when other people select photos of you. <laughs> That's at my house. Just a few days ago. <laughs> I, you took that, huh? I did, he was being sneaky. I, did, uh, I didn't know. Um, Suzanne was talking about uh, 616. And for me, what instantly came to my mind was um, Ephesians 616 which says, above everything, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the evil one. (laughs) All the fiery darts. Thundercats. (laughs) So, uh, Um, so, you know, uh, God puts dreams in our hearts. Uh, we have been so inspired by Martin Luther King, his speech about having a dream and what that dream did, you know, and over time that even the word dream can become cliche, uh, you know, oh, somebody's got a dream and somebody's got a dream, whatever. Um, but it it is what God plants in our hearts, each one of us. And, and uh, they all look different, um, but we've got to just walk forward with God to that dream, <laughs> you know, uh, um, I've got, I've got so many little things that inspire me about my own dreams, you know, and even it, even just the other day, I was, I was having a little moments of doubt about my dream and I was like, <laughs> I, was, I was like, is this real? Is it real God? And all of a sudden I hear Rapunzel in my head, um, <laughs> singing about having a dream, you know, the movie, the, um, you know, the movie. Tangled, thank you. Check it out, it's a good movie. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, but God does this with us. You know that song, you know, Solomon in the Bible had a temple that, I've, from what people, archaeologists and um, finance people or whatever, uh, have gotten together and, 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 and decided that whatever his building was, is still probably the most expensive building that ever was on the planet, really. And um, uh, and that was that was his idea, and he brought it to God, and God said, "That's a good idea." It wasn't even God's idea. I mean, of course, God knew before he was even born, but he presented it to the Lord and said, "I have this idea for this place," and God's like, "That's a good idea." He he really is willing to to dream with us, you know. Um, and yes, when you step out into that dream, it's going to be uncomfortable. 
at times. And um, I'm right there right now at that place in, in life. But it's just a prerequisite, really. I mean, it, because if you're settled in a place, if you're nestled in, it's really, I mean, take bed, you know, especially in the winter right now. And you got the heater on maybe or heating blanket or whatever, thick blankets. You don't want to get out to go do the thing, the next thing, you know, right? Because you're, <laughs> but you got to go do that next thing. But it's uncomfortable to, to wiggle out of that, that spot right there, right? Ask my dog. He's, our chihuahua, if you're looking for our chihuahua, just find a pile of blankets somewhere and that's where he is. Um, but it, it is, it's like that, but it, it, you, you just have to be willing to say, okay, I'm going to face some things in order to, to move forward. Now, for me personally, uh, we all have different personalities too, um, and, and different ways that we work, uh, together, work with, work through things. Um, I've got this thing where I, I, I can't focus on too many things at one time, you know, anyone like me there? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, really, I, I worked at a pediatric dentist office in Berkeley uh, many, many years back. And my boss, um, she talked to me one day and said, you know, I notice about you, if I put a pile of papers in front of you, a, a few different projects for you to do, you can't get them done. But if I only give you one thing at a time, you get it done very well, you know. I'm like, yes, that's the way I've always been. And um, I have this memory of, uh, you know, we have a little house of prayer here in town. Um, and there were four of us who actually started this house of prayer. We, uh, me and three other people, and we got together and prayed a lot and planned out how this was going to be. And my heart was in it. And I'm like, yes, house of prayer, here we go. We got it up and running. And there, and it was it was going well. But I was also youth pastoring here at this church. We had a lot of kids in the youth group, and my heart was really, really in that. And I wanted to focus on that. And um, so, our house of prayer team, we went out to uh, uh, Georgia for a conference, and one a leader there who I like, um, he took me aside and he said, "You know, I'm really feeling like from the Lord that you're supposed to either quit that youth group or quit this." And I got mad. I was like, who are you to tell me this? You know, like, how dare you? Uh, um, I didn't say that to him. I just was like, oh, okay, huh? And um, so I went to my hotel and prayed and God said, Toddy, this is the way you are. It's the truth. You, you, you need to focus on one thing at a time and just put all your heart into this youth group, Blazing Fire. So I quit that, I quit that team and it was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable for them and uncomfortable for me. I mean, one of them, one of, you know, the, the president of that was Jim Stilwell. You guys, most of you know who he is. And he said, I thought we were going to do this forever together. I said, I did too. But, you know, I, I got I to do this. And it's been an incredible journey with the youth group, you know. Um, I'm back at that place now. And uh, uh, Karina and I. And I have to say. Oh. It would not be as amazing as Oh. Oh, 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 thank you, Lisa. I'm going to turn as red as my shoes right now by that. Uh, um, so, uh, yeah, you know, we, we started, um, we, we've run with teenagers and young adults for a long time now. And, um, 
and it's been a great thing. And Karina and I, uh, I, I don't normally say things about my own self that's this sturdy and positive, but I'm going to say this. God's put something on our life that really does work with young people. And, um, and every year, I, <laughs> I used to even fight it with like, well, God, I'm getting another year older and I should probably quit this, you know. And, um, but it's, it's just something that's there. I can't even explain it and I should stop fighting it, or it did stop fighting it. Um, uh, it's just there. And um, like the younger folks, you know, they'll, they'll some of them... <laughs> Uh, even recently, a teenager told me, man, you're, you're, you're old enough to be my dad, but you get me still, you know? And, <laughs> and we do. We, we try to keep, you know, creep, keep relevant and, and just find out what's really in their heart. Not trying to dress like them and not trying to do all that kind of stuff. But, um, but just we have such a heart for them. So we, we, have, um, we have a real heart to open up a place in town in Dublin called uh, Refuge, yes. and um, it's going to be a place for, for young people to hang out and do homework, and also get free counseling at, and also have a creative space, um, to, you know, uh, and, and we're, we want to run a couple businesses out of it, God's, it's been a long time since we've been thinking about this, and we've, a lot of years of planning, um, I mean, lately we've been talking about even running a print shop out of it, you know, where where people can come and take their photography and just make some incredible things out of it um, as a business, too. Um, there's a lot to this place. And um, so we started, we, we became a corporation just uh, a few months ago. And, um, uh, and there's a lot of glitches. There's so much warfare against it. We actually re- reached out for prayer recently because... Um, there's there is that, um, uh, but um, but yeah, we're moving forward, and um, and and like I just told you about my personality, I, I sometimes I I can't have a whole bunch of things going on at the same time, you know, and yeah, I mean recently we you know I just became unemployed by Blazing Fire, and so I'm looking for a job. I'm hearing I'm actually hearing people say you're old, you're too old for this job. It's it's a vulnerable place to be right now, you know, and um and God um, God's really doing something in me. I I I'm gonna I'm gonna just really be open and tell you that um that I've gone through a lot of depression depression rate recently, and I I was really ashamed to tell anybody that because I'm a pastor, I'm in ministry, you know. Except that the pastors at Bethel just told everyone that too, and that gave me a lot of boldness. I'm like, thank you for telling people this. You know, I listen to this. I'm like, yes, I want to hear about this. Um, and it's not just because of losing a job, and it's not just because both of our kids moved away just at the same time recently. But there's a lot of other things. And when you do step out, lots of insecurities come up, and lots of, I regret this. I should have done this back when I was 20. I, I regret, regret, regret. All kinds of things happen, and there's definitely warfare happening. Um, but I need to let go of some things. I just need to, to let go. Because I've seen in my life, when I do actually let go of something, it actually, it's, it's almost, it's, well, it's supernatural. Like something else opens up, you know? Um, and so um, I have just stepped down from being an elder here at Blazing Fire. And um, Karina hasn't, but I have. And uh, 
because I really just need to concentrate on what we're doing, what we're doing next, you know? Um, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it has nothing to do with the fact that we're not getting paid by Blessing Fire anymore. It has absolutely nothing to do with that whatsoever. And I'm still um, over the worship here, you know. And, um, uh, but just there, I, got, I have to let go of some things, you know, and um, spend more time focusing. So, um, so they are all blessing me, including my wife, you know, <laughs> in this. And, um, and it's weird, but, but it's, it's what needs to happen for me. And um, I'm shaking. I don't normally shake in front of people. Uh, thank you. <laughs> so, um, so that's that. And um, I just would like to pray for you, too. Um, by the way, there's, there's many dreams that Corinne and I have chased after that we have already accomplished before, you know. But this dreaming thing and this chasing after dreams doesn't seem to end. I don't know, you know. There's just more steps. There's more momentum in life. And um, I want to pray that over you. So, Holy Spirit, we thank you for momentum. We need momentum. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for your partnership as we run. I love that song, God, where we sing about running together. We will run together. We will run together. And God, that's what we're inviting you to do in the things that are in the hearts of these people here and all of us, God. I want to pray over every dream, over everyone that's here listening and everyone that listens by podcast, um, that there are wings to these dreams and there's no, there's no ceiling. And we thank you, God, that you have the answer for every single facet and every single step uh, of these things, the things you planted in our hearts to do, God. And um, you know exactly how they can be done and you're excited to do them with us. We thank you so much. Thank you for that momentum and that zeal in us. And especially just to take us deeper and deeper in you, God. It's not about doing a thing. It's about being with you. That's the biggest thing. And we thank you so much, God. So be it. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brent reminded me. I just wanted to share too. Um, we know that that could ca- it could cause some confusion. So um, Todd and I are not divided at all. We prayed about it, and we really felt the grace that I was supposed to keep doing this. And um, this is where we just have to be have intimacy with Jesus and be able to hear Him for ourselves. And so uh, I feel really good about it. And this is where I am right now. But we are very much one. And so it might seem a little odd, but um, it's just what Jesus is doing right now. So we're just listening to his voice. And to add more clarity, um, Todd is still our worship leader um, and a, a pastor here. So um, it, it's been an unusual journey for all of us to, to kind of be listening to the Lord, because it seems like a lot of the church in general, not just Blazing Fire, is going through a shift. And, um, and God is capturing all of our hearts and really, really trying to um, take us to the core of even our motives. Why, why are you doing what you're doing? There's something so big that's coming. And, um, and, and so for all of us, as Suzanne started this whole journey tonight, he's been preparing our hearts and he continues to prepare our hearts, which means looking in there, finding out what motives, what's going on. What do we still need to get rid of? We heard something about comfort. I don't remember which one of you said. That's a big one, especially in America. We, we want to be comfortable. And we're not willing sometimes to give that up for what he's really called us 
too, in the, you know. And so um, I'm not pointing any fingers because I'm, you know, involved in that where he's looking into my heart. And um, uh, so anyway, I just wanted to share with you that, that we're, we're going, we're just going little by little and saying, Lord, what's next? That's all we can do. We don't, none of us knows what tomorrow holds, let alone next month or next year. So um, we wanted to, we asked if Diane, and I think she has a few others that are going to join her, if she would come up and kind of end this, end this evening with prayer. And um, however she wants to, I was telling her, not, not even predominantly for us, we would love prayer always, but for all of us and for the season we're entering into. So Diane, would you come up? Diane Jung. All right, why don't you guys stretch out your hands to our leaders here. Stretch it out. Father God, we are so grateful for these wonderful people up here who have so faithfully led us, nurtured us, taught us, and loved us unconditionally. We are so, so, so grateful for them. And so this year in 2019, we declare, Father God, that their dreams are going to come true. Father God, that you unleash an unprecedented abundance of prosperity in their lives this year, in their health, in their ministries, in their finances, Father God, in their families, Lord Jesus, in their jobs, God, all of it, Father God, all of it, Lord Jesus. Father, we just are, are just, just so grateful that they led us so faithfully and will continue to lead us. That They are, God, our shepherd, and uh, they model you so, so well, Father God. They model you so, so well. Father, we just declare that um, <laughs> they will arise and the light will shine through them. And God, as you rise on them, your sunrise glory will break over them, ah, yeah, wherever they are. And as they follow your leading, Lord, your blessings are running and overtaking them. Your blessings are running and overtaking them, Father. And yes, Father God, I'm, I'm reminded that of just um, we cannot pour new wine into old wineskin. And so, Father, I've been, been sensing that the old wineskin, the uncomfortableness that they've been feeling and even we've been feeling is because that old wineskin, the old mindset, the old precedent, the old ways that we've been doing things, and it wasn't bad, is no longer relevant. So the new wineskin has to come in now. The new wineskin is coming in. And so if you've been feeling... Um, just, you know, just this difficulty, and it's natural, then you, our leaders here, I want you to know that we will hold your arms up, just like Aaron and her held up Moses' arms in battles, and they were victorious. You are victorious. We are with you. You are not alone. So we just say, Holy Spirit, right now, pour out the new wine on our leaders right here, on Brent, on Suzanne, on Todd, on Karina, on Susan, on Russ. Pour out. We say more Holy Spirit. More. More Holy Spirit. More. More. 
the wine coming on them, the wine and the new wineskin. We are with you. We are with you. We thank you, God, for them. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.